0: Hey friends, welcome to Boss Barista, the podcast about workplace equity and employee empowerment in coffee and beyond. I'm Ashley Rodriguez. This episode is full of laughter and joy and shared moments of growth and reflection. On The Go Joe is a coffee company based in Chicago, Illinois. Founded by three friends, Crystal Graham, Tony Dale, and Kiana DeBerry, the business started out as a mobile coffee cart and has since expanded to a bustling e-commerce site whose reach extends well beyond the Chicago city limits. In this episode, I chat with Crystal and Tony, and we talk about how On The Go Joe came to be. The two met in college, and their story is really a tale about the serendipity of paths intertwining. While describing their mission for On The Go Joe, which is to empower women across the coffee supply stream, and to showcase beautiful coffees for their customers, they also share how they've grown together, both as business partners and as friends. Growth has been a necessary part of running their business. Crystal, Tony, and Kiana do everything, literally everything for their company. They source coffee, they roast, they work on packaging, they invest in their community. At one point, Crystal reflects on how they've been able to be so industrious and creative. She says she lives by her school motto from Clark Atlanta University. I will find a way or make one. There's so much good stuff in this conversation, from what it means to recalibrate your business during a pandemic to how to set values and intentions for your work. What always fascinates me in observing partnerships like Crystal and Tony's is how adept they are in empowering one another and how through that continued support, which takes the form of pushing each other, identifying the other's strengths, and supporting each other during tough times, through all that, they've been able to fully execute their vision. That approach isn't just limited to their own working relationship. They're also deeply connected with the folks that they source coffee from, and are incredibly close with their customers and fans. And each bag of coffee that you buy from On The Go Joe supports local social initiatives, which change every month. As you listen to their story, I encourage you to reflect on the people who make up your own community. Maybe you have a business or a creative partner, or even just someone that you work closely with. We often don't take time to think about how these relationships really impact us in daily life and make us better. But I hope this conversation helps you make space for the people who truly build you up. Here are Crystal and Tony. So I'm here with On The Go Joe, and I was hoping that both of you could introduce yourselves for our audience.
1: Sure. So I am Crystal Graham, and I am one of the co-founders of On The Go Joe. And I am Tony Deal, and also co-founder of On The Go Joe. How did you two meet? (laughs) Crystal and I met at college um, at the University of Champaign. We had a mutual friend. And it's very funny because Crystal always says that when she initially met me, she thought I was annoying (laughs) and that my voice was too high-pitched and she was kind of giving me the side eye like, who is this girl? (laughs) But I would say, what, almost 20 years later, we are still friends. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The first time it was just this high pitch, high-energy, and I'm very mellow and chill girl in overalls. Um, And I was just like, who is this girl and why is she so loud? Um, But yeah, we have been friends for almost 20 years through a lot of goods and bads and ups and downs. But yeah, we're here and we're excited to talk to you today. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm so thrilled to talk to both of you. And I want to step back a little bit and talk about your first memories of coffee. Do you think you can recount maybe, a particularly like, visceral moment with coffee or maybe the first time you were like, oh, wow, coffee can taste really good?
1: <laughs> I know for me, I was about 11 and my mom used to take me on a lot of her meetings. Um, and I just remember just, I think I snuck the first time and I used to see people put, a bunch of cream and sugar. So of course it was like diluted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember liking it, which I know a lot of kids don't usually like it the first time around. So I think for me, I kind of always associated coffee with like adulthood and business and community. Um, but yeah, about 11 years old was my like first sip. Mm. I think, um, I had to be in, grammar school, for sure, um, in my grandparents' kitchen, and they would always prepare their brewed coffee the night before, so that when they get up, they would just press on and have you know their um, cup together in the morning, and I remember they would put eggshells in the basket, and I always wonder why, and they said it, it made it more smooth. Um, So I, of course, wanted to try it and I did not like it. (laughs) But I remember um, that was just their routine um, in in the morning. And I just feel like that reminds me of home a little bit.
0: I love when people share stories about coffee in their lives, especially during childhood, because I feel like coffee is one of those one of the only things that people have those like childhood memories of that they take into adulthood Mm -hmm. and then you know perhaps start a business like you folks did so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your lives before you decided we're gonna do coffee we're gonna start this business together
1: Mm. Feel like that's gonna make us sound old (laughs) (laughs) um so before this um I've actually moved around quite a bit. Um, I, after University of Illinois, actually went to Atlanta to attend uh, Clark Atlanta University. Um, so shout out to all my HBCU grads. And um, I actually switched majors from uh, communication to education. Then I finally found my thing, which was, which is marketing. Um, so after Atlanta, I actually moved to New York and had a have a pretty successful marketing career um, before coffee. So I, I finished school at the University of Illinois. Crystal left me and went to Atlanta. But I my background is in sales. So I have um, been that telemarketer straight out of college, asking people for their social security number on a one call close. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, yeah, that that person that asked for alumni contributions. Um, it was tough directly out of uh, college, just trying to get like a job that I didn't hate going to every day, <laughs> but um, I've, I've done medical sales, um, so I, I do sales for, on the Gojo. Um, and that has been my career since 2005.
0: What made
1: you decide to start a business together? It was very random, I would say. Um, my husband and I were on vacation. We we just had to get away. So um, Michigan is kind of in the you know backyard. And we were at this really cute little eclectic community coffee shop and I remember like doing a Marco Polo or something random with Kiana and Crystal and I'm like why can't we have something nice like this like the community needs it it will be amazing we should open up a coffee shop Mm -hmm. and for the what did you think when you heard that idea i'm like an entrepreneur at heart so right away i was like yep okay like what do we need to do (laughs) so i'm like the type who i'm a big researcher so like right away i feel like we got on it it wasn't like something we sat on it was immediately on google researching what's the cost um We quickly learned that it is very expensive than at the time we, you know, thought. I think, you know, (laughs) first you have these big ideas and then you don't really see how much is an espresso machine? How much is the build out? How much is all of this? Um, And we really wanted to fund it ourselves. We didn't want to go the long route. Um, And then one day I was just walking home from work and um, it just came to me that we should have a pop-up, like a pop-up cart or something to that effect. I had never seen it before, but it literally just came to me. And then I Marco with the girls back and said, I got it. We should have a, a cart where we just pop up at different events. And Tony, you like events and I like this. And we can just kind of, you know, do events at random places, at bookstores, at weddings. And then that's kind of how the mobile coffee cart idea started. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you remember that first event you did together?
1: Oh yes, yes.
0: tell me about it.
1: <laughs> it was eight hundred people at the wet wedding. The first no, oh, okay. that wasn't our first event, right? You know what we did like a festival in Contigny Park. I think that was the first, the very first event that we did was yes. at um, Naperville in Contigny Park, and I remember we had so much stuff like we didn't know how to scale down initially like now we do an event we really just have like one little you know to go ready uh (laughs) little being that we bring with us but we I just remember having an an absorbing amount of things it was just ridiculous now that I look back on like (laughs) Cause, because essentially, you're bringing your cafe, right, to a location with you. So you have to have things. But that particular event, it was beyond. Like, we had maybe four, three cars worth of stuff. And at that time, we didn't have a van. And it was just, it was ridiculous how much stuff we had it was that was a day. lot of stuff. But I still kind of like having a lot of stuff because I don't like doing store runs or Instacart mid-event so no but now we know what we're supposed (laughs) to have at the event and just like that checklist and it's good to go Mm -hmm. but that first event was overboard for sure we did have a
0: yeah you wanted to make sure you had everything yes
1: everything that's true (laughs) we did have a small launch event in um tony's backyard yeah and We like to kind of remember that that was our actual first first, event, even though it was for family and friends, um, it was a lot of work. And, you know, that's where we learned to, you know, like who's going to do what, because sometimes if you don't, you know, map everything to who's going to own it, Mm -hmm. you can all just run around in chaos. And I think that day was the day where we like, okay, we just got to, you know, make sure we know who's doing what. Um, but I like that we have like this little backyard story that yeah. we started, um, out because Tony just recently said from the backyard to Bloomingdale's and we're claiming that like, we're yeah. going to be from the backyard to someone shelves soon. We're going to claim that. So yeah, that was absolutely. our very, very first event. That's true.
0: I love that phrase from the backyard to Bloomingdale's. I just wrote that down. Yes. <laughs> um, something that you said in that answer that I really liked as well is that, And you even started the conversation with what specific roles each of you has at On The Go Joe is that you were able to really delineate positions Mm -hmm. like you're doing this, you're doing that. Because as you mentioned, if you don't delineate Mm -hmm. who's doing what, it can kind of devolve into chaos. So I was wondering, you know, you folks are friends, you folks like being business partners with someone is very different from being their friend. So I was wondering, what was that process like of maybe even learning an entirely new relationship with somebody?
1: It's a work in progress. I think we're still learning because we are evolving as women and and friends and mm-hmm. business owners that I think it is ongoing. I, I really can't, say we have it figured out because that would not be the truth but we are continuously working towards a goal and we're we're a team so we know that everyone has the best interest crystal is the most organized of a person that i feel like i know so she definitely keeps on task like organized google docs sheets like in order for for us to be organized. So I think that has helped us stay structured for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's just a, I mean, Tony and I met when we were in college, so totally different people than when we were in college. So I think it's learning who each other are as adults now, like now we're mothers, we're wives, we're totally different people. So I think as we're growing, we're learning each other more as friends and as business owners but I think now, even though we're, it's still a learning, like we're still, it's still a process mm-hmm. and we're still learning each other and ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. I think we pretty much know each other's strengths and yes. we're able to like play off of that. Like Tony, I know what her, like she's a morning person. If I ask her to do something late at night, uh, it's maybe a little crooked. Right. Um, I'm literally, I'm a night person. I'm a night out. You know, I can get things done at night. I'm the marketer, the brand person, Tony's going to sell it. So I think, you know, it was more so learning each other Mm -hmm. skills from a partnership level. Um, because we had never entered in that space before, but I think the friendship is kind of what keeps us grounded um it's been many of times where i'm like i would not be doing this or staying up this late if it wasn't for me knowing that at the end of the day these are my friends i know i got to have tony's back so i'm going to do it so i think it kind of strengthens us in a way as well yeah i
0: really i love partnerships just because i think that they force you to really learn someone's skill set outside of traditional ways that we think about partnerships, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like we think about partnerships as our spouses or significant others. But when we think about the friendships that we form and how they evolve and change, um, I don't know. I just find those things to be really exciting. So seeing that you folks have known each other for so long and have had different phases of Mm -hmm. your friendship evolve and change, I think is really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, let's talk about the name, which um, I'm going to cut this out, obviously, but I already flubbed it up at the very beginning. Um, It's one of those ones where if you say it five times fast, it'll be. Um, But on the go, Joe um, has like an origin story. So can you talk a little bit about the name and where this came from?
1: I think um, with the fact that we were mobile, we had a couple of names that we kind of got family and friends to vote on. Mm -hmm. And I think when at the end of the day, we kind of felt like that's it. Like on the go, Joe. Yeah. It, it's, it goes with a the theme. It, it's a brand story and we went with it. Tony, definitely came up with the name. Um, I remember we had like rise and grind and, you know, some other ones that we all felt was strong. And then we kind of got to the last three mm-hmm. and I do remember Tony being really strong about on the go, Joe. And I was like, Okay. And I think what sealed it for me and we kept going back and forth was taking the E off. Yes, that um, is, I remember. She did not want to take the E off. So, <laughs> <laughs> But Crystal, I feel like she has such a bad memory, but then she remembers all the stuff that I don't remember. And I <laughs> promise you, I don't remember not wanting to take the E off. So I think yes. that's funny. <laughs> you didn't want to take the E off. Um, and of course, I'm like this, researcher like right away I'm going to google and I'm like well joe right. means an average oh, yeah. man that is true <laughs> we are not average that is true and we are not a man we are not men yeah. so we want to be more than average so yeah. that's why I was like let's take off the e and then the joe represents a female right. voice as well so that's kind of how we took the e off of the joe and I think that came into our catchphrase too, like "not your average cup of Joe." Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It's funny how those things can kind of fall into place. Right. Like you make one decision, and then it's like, "Oh, wait! All of this makes sense now." Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep.
1: that is true. Now my memory so- is being up uh, <laughs> coming back. So <laughs> if
0: if if I'm if I'm doing my job as an interviewer, then then that that's good that you're you're remembering things. Yes. Um. Yes. I I'd, I'd, it, it's always fun to hear stories of people were like, Oh, I didn't think of that. Or like, Oh, I, that's right. This memory. I had actually one of those sense memories yesterday <laughs> um, because I was telling my mom about uh, a true crime podcast that I like. And she was like, yeah, of course you like true crime. We watch dateline all the time. And I was like, Oh yeah. Right. Oh, that's right. right. <laughs> uh, um, so tell me a little bit about the idea of like leaving off that E because it does represent mm-hmm. a lot of your brand identity mm-hmm. as women and as a coffee company that focuses on yeah. women producers mm-hmm. i think that
1: was really the start like yeah. and that's what i just love about crystal so much um because no seriously because she she is thinking ahead like something that she, uh, idea that she might come up with you know 6 months down the line it just weaves into our brand story and the the women produced women and roasted all of that is symbol a symbol symbolizes on the go joe and taking that eat off is a part of the brand story that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> um a lot of things you know what we were just led you know i can't really part of it is definitely a marketing background but a lot of it you know we were led to to do um and that's why I just feel like this has always been like, this is just our destiny. I feel like how we met, how things just kind of come together. We were just kind of led to to do this. And um, of course, before it was just like, yeah, we're women. We are females. We don't want to have a typical cup of Joe. And if anyone's ever seen like our mobile coffee cart events, we really, you know, step out of the box with coffee. Of course, we sell your traditional black, but- we have, you know, honey lavender lattes. We have On Cloud Nine, which is like a cotton candy coffee. We have 24-carry gold. So that's kind of where that not traditional cup of joe came from. But then as we started like researching and really hearing more about like female farmers and how they're doing a lot of the work and on our quest to find more, so we would See that a lot of women in some countries can't own land or have a hard time owning land um so it was just like wow we really need to focus and bring more female coffee producers to the limelight like why aren't they highlighted more why aren't we heard more about their stories um and a lot of times you're just drinking a cup of coffee and you don't think that much I mean mm-hmm. I can't say the first time I had a cup of coffee, even as a, even as an adult that I thought about, I wonder who got these beans and who roasted them and what is the work that went behind it? I'm just enjoying it from a consumer level. But mm-hmm. as we learned more about this industry and did a deeper dive, it's just like, it is so many amazing women who make things happen behind the scenes and why not highlight them? you know, it of course limits because it's not a ton as, as much as it would be male ownership, but why not highlight the amazing work that these women producers are doing? And it's, you know, a lot of women importers as well, you Mm -hmm. know, from the first, you know, when we just got on the call with you, Ashley, we talked about the amazing work that Phyllis Johnson is doing. And that was the first person I can say that I kind of look to as like a mentor like just watching from the sidelines just being on Instagram and seeing the way you know she inspires people and the way she started her business so she was the first person that I reached out to as an importer and said Phyllis do you have any women coffee producers that we can work with and of course she had um, someone and, and someone that we started working with and that we have now, which is our Burundian coffee. I
0: think that that's a good point because something that you just described is this idea of like women throughout the supply chain and not mm-hmm. just working with women farmers, which is incredibly important work. But thinking about my importer, like are that as that a women owned business, like the purveyors that you work with, so. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like how you made these decisions. Like at what point did it go from, you know, we're three women who own this business to, Oh, that message of women empowerment and sharing the stories of women really translates throughout our entire business.
1: Yeah. I think it was because we couldn't find a lot, you know, it it wasn't when I was researching, it wasn't readily available about women farmers, I didn't even think that, you know, we're here in the United States. I didn't even think that it would be an issue for someone to own land or that, you know, it's certain jobs that women can't do in in certain countries. So I think the more I researched and learned, um, the more it was just important to highlight. Um, We work with various different importers, not just women importers phyllis is definitely one but we definitely only focus on women coffee producers um and i can't really say initially it was it was definitely more so our mission because we're female and but i don't think we realized how difficult and hard it would be until we got into it Mm -hmm. um and i think for me that made it even more important Um, it it was definitely times where we're like, oh man, this coffee tastes great, but it's it's from a male producer. And not to say that we don't support men because we do, we have a lot of mentors who are men. It just was because it's not seen as much and because women are not highlighted as much in coffee, it was more of a why not, you know what I mean? Why not empower women through coffee? And then I think the roasting part kind of just took on another arm of it. Um, and Tony definitely has, you know, experience, more experience in the roasting side. So I pretty much do all of our sourcing and working with our import importers and getting our, you know, female uh, coffees, um, produced coffees. And then Tony handles the roasting side and had some experiences with that as well.
0: Like So then how do you make decisions about the coffees that you source, Crystal? I mean, obviously you talk about women coffee producers but when you're sitting and maybe cupping or looking at different coffee profiles like how are you making decisions about what you put on your menu
1: so I'm pretty I love a good story um so a lot of times I do a deep dive into their story so I want to hear more about like the women coffee producers so I'll you know, either talk to the importer about them, YouTube, Instagram, Google, just find out as much as I can, because a lot of these women are doing great work in their country. Like they are sending women to school, Mm -hmm. putting um, daycares on the farm so that the women can work and take care of their children at the same time. So I like to focus on the story, but then I just kind of present it to the team. So a lot of times I don't tell them so that it doesn't skew <laughs> um when they're tasting. Um, but I always in the back of my head will say, Oh, I hope they like this Burundi or I hope they like this Brazil because I already I know the story of that, you know, woman. And then Tony, I would say, is our cupper. You know, we all taste it, but Tony can, like, pick out the flavors and say, oh, I taste this blueberry, I taste this chocolate, and I am still a work in progress there. I'm like, I just taste good coffee, Um, but she is our go-to, like, cupper, and she selects, she's the final voice with our coffees.
0: So then we kind of transitioned from Crystal maybe sourcing and looking into all the different coffees that you're thinking about bringing in. And then it goes to Tony, who maybe makes the final decisions and roast coffee. So I was wondering, Tony, if you could talk a little bit about how you approach that process. What are you trying to look for in each coffee when you're you're thinking about roast profiles and how this is going to be served to customers?
1: I think that there's a few different tiers. Um, One aspect of it is how do I respond to it? Um, the aroma, the flavor profile, the, the taste—does um, it excite me? And then I, then I think I take it on a journey. Um, there's, we have so many mentors, as Crystal mentioned, that I try to do a couple blind tastings, see what they think, um, see, get some input from family and friends as well. So I do a couple of different stages and. I, Hopefully it leads me back to like my favorites, <laughs> but I also know that, um, you know, people like different things as well. So fortunately we have had so many options of just really delicious coffee that have um, such an amazing story behind them as well that it's make the job um a little bit easier uh time consuming but i i'm happy with um the few coffees that we've selected thus far we've gone through uh, maybe 20 21 (laughs) different coffees uh to get us to the the three that we have currently um that we're offering Definitely over, definitely over 30. Okay. Because we started this journey actually last year. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would get green beans. Yep. And I bought a little roaster, like a home roaster. And then I would roast it. And then I would send it to Tony and Kiana. Um, But then we restarted this year. Mm -hmm. Like the pandemic <clears throat> really kind of allowed us to focus in mm-hmm. on the coffee line mm-hmm. um, because we were we had a really great year with the mobile coffee cart last year so as much mm-hmm. as we were trying to get the coffee line off the ground we had ton of events um, and this year actually allowed us to really hone in on the, the coffee business on the retail coffee line mm-hmm. and sample some more revisit like, I think we tried Phyllis coffee last year. Yeah. Um, we tried the Burundi from her mm-hmm. last year. So we had to revisit a few, but we've tried a ton. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: I was about to say, uh, I'm glad that you talked about uh, COVID because, as you mentioned, you had to pivot your business because yeah. you can't really do as many in-person events. But it seems like instead of languishing, you folks are kind of thriving because you've been able to focus on a completely different aspect of your business. So I was wondering like what that looks like.
1: No, absolutely. Um, You know, we had to cancel weddings and, you know, different things to stay aligned with the restrictions and keep our, the staff safe and, you know, us safe and just comply. But um, it's giving us the opportunity I've been busy. Like we've been, (laughs) we've been extremely busy, um, Mm -hmm. not necessarily doing events, but we've been working like the packaging, the labels. um, We also have simple syrups and um, different, the different products, just executing them from, you know, the beginning to now seeing them online is just amazing because we know how much time has gone in um, during these stay at home like orders we've been on it (laughs) just really trying to execute and Mm -hmm. launch yeah
0: yeah it seems like I mean for me looking at how coronavirus has affected coffee shops Mm -hmm. it's almost like you either pivot or you perish Mm -hmm. um, which is a little bit of a grim way to look at it um But it's interesting to see folks who say, okay, this is an opportunity to do something else, or this is an opportunity to focus on a part of our business that we've always wanted to focus on Mm -hmm. that we maybe didn't have time to do. And as you mentioned, you folks are busy, like you're selling coffee online and you're able to focus more, more on that aspect of your business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was wondering, like, was that like, was that part of the plan or have you learned anything new about yourselves being able to
1: focus on a completely different aspect? I wouldn't say, the only reason I don't call our retail line a pivot is because it was already in the works um, last year, but I think the stay at home orders and this time has afforded us more time to focus on it. Our mobile coffee cart business is, you know, still our baby and we look at them as like they're together, but they're separate entities as well. So, I mean, I just literally, I woke up to a text message this morning from someone saying, hey, is the mobile coffee cart still available? We're having a tree lighting ceremony in Washington Park. So right after this, I'm literally going to talk to someone about that. We have someone who, you know, that we've been working with in the past who has residents. So we've been pitching virtual offerings. Like maybe we can't serve, you know, customer to customer, but we can have that experience virtually now. So I would say that's been more of the way that we have pivot with the mobile coffee cart is thinking of virtual offerings, thinking of how do we package a barista in a box? How do we deliver our experience safely? Um, but the retail line is so new and so different and that's why I don't call it a pivot because it's a completely new I feel like it's a new baby It's mm-hmm. it, it has different needs mm-hmm. um, it's stepping into new territory e-commerce because in with our mobile coffee cart we're only in Chicago right now so we have built relationships with event planners and caterers. And now, you know, with e this is all over the world. So it's not that one-to-one where we can call an event planner and go and sit and have a cup of coffee with them and build that relationship. And they're going to have multiple brides throughout the year. This is every single day trying to find new customers, trying to get people to go to the website, trying to, you know tell people our story and why it's important um, to support women produced and women roasted and, and our women owned coffee line. So it's a completely different strategy and uh, movement. Um, Of course they're sisters, but (laughs) they are, you know, completely um, different, but yeah, this time has definitely allowed us to just focus on this baby, but then also see So what's next? What do we do? How do we reinvent ourselves if this does continue to um, go on for another year? God forbid. That's
0: a good point that I didn't even think about Mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, you did events and you have these relationships with event planners and a lot of it's very local, Mm -hmm. like you do local events because you're based in Chicago, you have a cart here. But having an online business and focusing more on, okay, we're, we're online, we need to ship coffee more, we need to build relationships with customers, I imagine that's that last part, building relationships with customers, isn't new, obviously, because you're selling coffee out of your mobile cart or you're doing events. But I imagine it's probably a different relationship with customers, right? You have people who maybe are repeat buyers or you have people who maybe you're not going to see in person. And I wonder what the response has been like on that end. Um, Because I imagine it has to be different.
1: Definitely. I think we treat it the same way. Um, We, a lot of people love us because of our customer service with the mobile coffee cart. Like we, when you are talking to someone with our cart and you're working with sales, you're working with Tony. You're working with the owner of the company. So, so far, um, I mean, we'll see once we grow larger, but so far we have been able to talk directly to customers. So we have a coffee club and each month cu- customers get coffee, you know, freshly work- roasted coffee to their door. I've been taking that same approach. So we have like a, a text, um, a number where you can text us. So I will literally talk to our customers and say, how was your coffee? And then they'll text me back and say, oh oh my God, I woke up and I'm smelling the bruise and you already know how good it is. So I'm taking that same approach with our customer service for our retail line where we want people to feel like, We're right there with you. Of course, Mm -hmm. we can't have a cup of coffee with you. We want to, but we're right there with you. You're not getting an automated service. You're getting real people. And we want to build relationships with people. We want to hear how they like the coffee, see them unboxing their box. Every time we see one of those, it just like warms my heart. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't get enough of seeing like that black tissue paper open and then I see Mm -hmm. like, the bag underneath it, like I'll never get tired of that. So we, I feel like we're building that same experience um with our retail line. Of course, hopefully we grow um, really, really big and <laughs> we may not be able to do that, but for now um we want to have that, you know, one-to-one interaction with our customer. That's important to us. Mm-hmm. So,
0: i'm in chicago you folks are in chicago mm-hmm. and i was wondering i've i'm so thrilled to see more folks opening coffee shops in chicago because as we were talking about before we recorded uh, for a long time there weren't really a ton of options for great coffee in chicago especially owned by small businesses um which is wild because Chicago is the third biggest city in the nation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what it means to be a Chicago business.
1: I would say the first thing that popped in my mind was community that it's, it's yes, we're all selling coffee and you know, we want customers, but I don't feel the sense of competition that you might feel in other industries i i feel like i can maybe count on one hand the amount of people that i've reached out to that may not have returned my call (laughs) people are ready and willing to give you resources information um direct you to a path and that has been so warm and welcoming and we do the same thing. Um, people from um, someone from I think like Atlanta reached out about their mobile coffee cart wanting to be mentored. We're gonna give that same um, advice that that in those same resources that we've received because we've been embraced by different coffee shops, our mentors, um, people who are doing this every day. Like they're they they have skin in the game, maybe 10, 20, 30 years of experience that they're willing to share their experiences with us. So I would say Chicago coffee equals community.
0: That's awesome. And I think that makes me very excited to be part of this coffee community because I know for a long time I wasn't. Yeah. I was I felt a little bit like out to sea mm-hmm. and I think in the last year or so so many people have shown up for the Chicago coffee community and it makes yeah. me excited to be part of it
1: right because sometimes you don't know what you don't know <laughs> right that's where it's helpful to have these various mentors to just ask questions and not not even Chicago I have a mentor in california like that i can just call and and ask questions and they're willing to give me time and um you know zoom and really like be there so it's really been so much love and uh, we've been embraced and it's awesome
0: so I want to try something a little bit wonky. It might not work, (laughs) Um, but because you both are here, and like I said, like, I love partnerships. I really love thinking about how people relate to one another, and there was this thing on the New York Times, like, a couple of years ago, called the 36 questions to fall in love, Mm -hmm. and it's not just an experiment for people who are in romantic relationships but it's like a, a set of questions that people use to like foster closeness and I think one of the questions was say something nice about your partner or like say mm. something nice about the person yeah. next to you and I was wondering if you don't mind I was I was wondering if both of you would be able to to do that for each other
1: yeah. oh of course yeah I think we, we do that all the yeah.
0: time <laughs> <laughs> oh okay I'm excited I'm excited to be part of this then
1: I think that what we I I would say I love about Crystal is that she's always saying thank you and pointing out um, things that you did right and because we I have to feed off her she does she does the marketing she does the branding she has the final say when it comes to we know our roles and we know our lanes so in that sense I can say you've done an excellent job with X Y Z and it's just a part of our weekly. Like, you know, it's just a part of of who we are with regards to those positive affirmations. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. we kind of know each other's love languages (laughs) a little bit. Mine is more like action. Hers is more like, you know, words of um, affirmation and and things like that. So we give and take um, because that's how we um, like, you know, feel good with regards to what we're doing for the business. Cause sometimes we can feel beat up just with all the things that we have going on. And when she say you're a good partner, you this is, Oh my gosh, you knocked this out the park. That's like helping me like, okay, you're giving me life right now. And I think vice <laughs> versa. <laughs> um, I would say with Tony, I know she's going to execute. Like, I know I can count on her to execute. Um, even if she doesn't know how to do it, she's going to figure it out and she's going to try to figure it out and she's not going to stop until she figures it out. And I think I'm really big on that, like, just in life. Like, let's just figure it out. Like, my school's motto is I'll find a way or make one. And I live by that. Like Mm -hmm. I will make a way. Mm -hmm. I do not care if someone says, I don't know how to do it or I can't do this. That just motivates me to do more. So I love the fact that she is figuring, she figures things out and she gets it done. And I know I can rely on her. And that's like a big thing for me is knowing that I can rely on someone. Um, so, yeah, that's what I love about her. There's a lot, and I'm not really, I'm not being, like, funny, but there's so many things as a as a business partner that I just am so in awe of Crystal, seriously. Um, just her creativity. This girl is like a think tank. She just, cr- like, cranks out <laughs> ideas that I've seen come to life, and it's, it's beautiful to see. Um, But yeah, I mean, she's going to get it done. I would have quit so many times if it wasn't for her, like legit. It has been a lot at times because we handle everything from A to Z with the business. But I think, okay, I have to get it done. I can't let Crystal down and we execute it. Um, but I tell her all the time, if it wasn't for you, girl, I would have quit (laughs) many days. Um, and that's the truth.
0: Is there anything that you want our listeners to know about on the go, Joe, that maybe we didn't talk about?
1: Hmm. Um, I think we touched on that we are really you know we're behind the scenes we're doing you know a lot um i had someone who dm'd me yesterday and said do you guys make your own coffees and i was like yeah like (laughs) where we get them from (laughs) and i think sometimes um If you don't understand what goes on behind coffee, you may just think someone is just scooping up some beans and throwing them in a bag. And that is not the case. Um, You know, if you're in coffee, you know what goes behind it, what goes behind the scenes. But we are researching coffees. We're building relationships with importers. We're sourcing. We're tasting. We're doing the bag designs. We are packaging. We are shipping. You know, we are truly behind the scenes working. And we hope to grow to where we have, you know, a ton of people that can help us with this. But I think it's important to that we are touching everything. I was Mm -hmm. watching Shark Tank last Mm -hmm. night and I heard Lori say that she was actually glad that she touched every aspect of her business because then when she was able to put people in place she was able to put the right people Mm -hmm. in place Mm -hmm. and a lot of times like you guys said you don't know what you don't know and I'm glad that we've been on this journey of learning and that we've been able to learn from some amazing mentors and we're still learning Mm -hmm. so I would say a lot of times people because we're not in the you know, in the the, of the forefront of the business, like you don't see us a lot, you may not understand that it's because we have our head down and we're in the thick of things and we are working. Um, so I would say I want people to know that we are truly passionate about what we put out there. We will go back and forth for months on packaging and how thin a line on the, the lips should be of a per, of the person on the bag and how the gold should stand out and how the beans are roasting in a profile, taking it down 1%, taking it up 1%. Like we are really passionate about what we put out there and we know the impact of it. Um, one of our farmers, Angel Siza, um, who is our farmers from a uh, farmer from Burundi, She said, when you're drinking a coffee, a cup of coffee from Burundi, you are developing the women of Burundi. And when you develop the women of Burundi, you're developing all Burundians. And understanding that impact, like when I drink that now, it is Mm -hmm. so much bigger and deeper than these just girls who just came up with this idea to have a coffee line. Like it is impacting people way beyond Chicago, way beyond the United States. And understanding that impact, I think you'll understand what we're trying to do a bit more.
0: Thank you so much for taking time to talk with me. This has been an absolutely incredible conversation. So I thank you so much for joining me. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> that was Crystal Graham and Tony Dale. You can find out more about On The Go Joe by visiting their website, onthegojoe.coffee. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.
1: I'm just looking for a better day.
0: Boss Barista is produced by me, Sunshine Ashley Rodriguez. You can find a transcription of this episode on my newsletter, along with an accompanying article about this episode every Thursday at bossbarista.substack.com. To support the show, you can visit wwwpatreoncom bossbarista. We have over 80 patrons supporting the show right now, which is incredible. And that helps keep the show alive. We pay guests through this fund, we pay for website hosting, and we make donations. Half of our patron donations are currently pledged to five different nonprofits, each at $50 a month Asada's Daughters, the Loveland Foundation, the Native American Rights Fund, the Grocery Run Club, and the Chicago Community Bond Fund. Again, if you want to support Boss Barista, consider making a monthly donation at www.patreon.com bossbarista Another amazing way to support the show is to share this episode with just one person, a friend, someone who you think would learn something from this episode, anybody. Sharing on social media is also a huge help along with giving us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. As a small production, these things matter a lot. So if you can take a little time, share out some of your favorite quotes from this episode, and tag us. That would be amazing. We're at Boss Barista Podcast on Instagram and Boss underscore Barista on Twitter. You can also send me an email at bossbaristapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening.